Welcome to the What's Your Drive podcast, where we talk all things Hirschbach and the trucking industry. Join us each week as we talk about news, safety, industry topics, tips and tricks, and more. And now your host, Bianca Sanchez. Hello, welcome back to the What's Your Drive podcast. Um, I am joined today with Keith Allison. He is one of um, our longtime drivers here with Hirschbach. Welcome, Keith. Thank you. And so I wanted to, uh, you know, COVID-19 has been on everybody's mind and we've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. And uh, today I wanted to to kind of veer away from that. And I wanted to to talk with talk with you, talk with someone who's been in this industry for a long time and just hear what you have to kind of say about, you know, what's going on in the trucking world right now. Sounds like a deal. So... You have been doing this for a long time. How many years has it been that you've been driving? I have been driving over the road since 1989. And I remember uh, reading on your bio that you have, you've done a lot of different things in the trucking industry. You've driven intrastate, you've driven over the road, um, you've driven for a really big company, Frito-Lay, PepsiCo. And you've done some really right. interesting things too for those for those companies, and then of course for us. So, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what got you here today? Yeah, I sort of got into the trucking business by accident. A word a word a truck driver rarely likes to use, you know, an accident. But uh, a, a person at my church about forty years ago uh, offered me to pay me to rent a truck and move her to California from Fort Worth, where I live. And when I was driving, I thought, well, this wouldn't be a bad job. So when I got back in town, I went and checked the driving school, and I was sitting in class the next day. And that's how I sort of got into it. But it's it's a good it's a good job to have. It, like I say, you're away from home a lot. Besides that, it's it's a good job. What is uh? You got any interesting, fun stories for us? Something cool that's happened out on the road? I can tell you a funny story if you like. Hey, I love. Funny. I uh, okay. I uh, we used to pick up at Wicks Filters in Gastonia, North Carolina, for her spot for years. And one day I picked up there and I drove to Denver to make a delivery, and there was no place to park, so I parked on the street. And as soon as I laid down, I heard a knocking on the door, and it was a homeless person. And they said, "I don't have any money. Do you have any money for a sandwich?" So I got some money laid back down and it wasn't 10 minutes later the same thing happened again so I gave him some money now this happened three or four times so finally I really needed to go to sleep so I took out a piece of paper and I wrote on it I don't have any money for a sandwich well a few minutes later I heard a knock on the door and I looked out and there was an old lady there and she handed me a brown paper bag with a sandwich in it. I guess she thought I was hungry, you know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have the nerve to tell her I was being mean and telling the homeless people to leave me alone. But <laughs> that—that's that, a true story. It happened in Denver. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, she, she was trying to do a nice thing and feed you because she thought you were hungry. <laughs> well, it's the thought that counts, right? That's exactly right. That's fantastic. So, but I've, I've seen a lot of crazy things out on the road in, you know, almost five million miles being out here, you know. I know. You've been doing this for a while. How many years did you say? 
I, I've been over the road for 32 years, 30, 32. Yeah, about 31 and a half years. But my uncle was a truck driver, and uh, he taught me how to drive. So I drove, well, sort of illegally when I would ride with him when I was younger, you know. But uh, I never really thought I'd get be into trucking. I mean, I, that wasn't why I went to college or anything. But it's, it's a good job, and it has put my three kids through a private school and through college. So it's been good to me, you know. So how are you seeing it, the outlook? You've been doing this a number of years now. You've seen the ups and downs. And I know we're kind of in an unprecedented time. Like none of us have really seen something like this in our lifetime. What are your thoughts on on the outlook for the rest of this year going forward with trucking? I, uh, I sort of, it sort of reminds me of the early 90s. In the early 90s, there were a lot of uh, small, medium-sized, under- finance companies that went out of business but what happened was the bigger and the medium to bigger size companies that you know had planned for it they actually doubled in size afterwards they you know, they took more market space because they were prepared for it and i sort of see the same thing happening in the next six months a lot of a lot of companies that are not really run real well they're probably going to have a lot of struggles due to this and they may be there may be companies going under but companies like ours that are streamline, run real well by the management, I, I see this probably picking up more business. I mean, that's the way I see it. Well, that's, I think that's a great outlook. I, I tend to agree. You've been, you've also been with Hirschback for a while now. It's been quite a few years. So how, I started, go ahead. I started in June of 99. Uh, I was off one year taking care of my diabetes, but, uh, I've started in June of 99, and I've seen it grow. I've seen it buy a lot of different smaller companies, incorporate them into the business, and I've always been very impressed with the way it was run. Now, what what is one of the things that keeps you hanging around with Hirschback? Well, uh, it's the people mainly. I mean, like, you know, as far as the company, we go to the same places a lot of the other companies do, pick up at the meat plants and everything, but... It's, it just seems to me like from the bottom of the people to the, all the way to the owner and the management, they really care about the people that work there. And, you know, if you have a problem, they're willing to listen. And if they can work it out, they will. I mean, a lot of the complaints you hear in the business are just that's the way the business is. And you just got to live with it. But if they can be changed, they try to change it. Absolutely. Now, safety has always been, it seems to be an, under, an underlying current with your your career. And I know that that is one of the things I'm always most impressed. I see your post on in the social media groups and you're always giving out, you know, I call them the pearls of wisdom, but you're also giving out uh, great tips about safety and and how, how to help some of the folks who might be newer to the industry um, to learn some new habits. So, uh, tell us a little bit about safety and why it's so important to you. Well, when I was first got into the business, I was taught, um, like I said, my uncle taught me to drive. And, you know, he always taught me to look at every car around me as if it had a family member in it and to drive accordingly because you're driving an 80,000-pound weapon. And so you should always drive super, super safe. Never get distracted. Always be looking around and making sure that you're not going to be the person that causes some other family to have a problem. That, that's the way I was taught, and that's the way I still try to drive to this day. 
Excellent wisdom. Now I I'm going to bounce around here a little bit because <laughs> I think <laughs> I think it's kind of fun to always get to know people a little bit more. And I, I think one of my favorite things to see people engaging on social media is when they're talking about their favorite kind of truck. So do you have a preference on your favorite kind of truck? Really not, but i tell you, of all the trucks I've driven with Hurstbox, the best riding truck was Volvo I had. I put a million miles on it before I had to get rid of it because it was getting worn out. Wow. But my favorite my favorite truck is a truck that doesn't leave you on the side of the road. I don't really <laughs> care what the name is on it. You know, As long as you're not sitting on the side of the road or as long as you're not in a shop and you're, you know, Posting on social media from a hotel somewhere and you're not making money, that's my favorite truck. The one that doesn't put you in those situations. <laughs> so you've driven uh, you've driven all over the place, obviously, and you have almost 5 million miles. That's just amazing. What is uh, Where are some of your favorite places along the road that you've gone? My very favorite city is Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It's a beautiful city. I come from Texas, Fort Worth, where it's pretty flat. Mm-hmm. And that's the most pretty city. Now, some of the places that are very beautiful are just very stressful to drive in the mountains and stuff. But they're some of the prettiest places. I drive to Denver all the time, and it's nice. But, you know, I told somebody one day, we were talking about, you know, all the trials and tribulations of being on the road and away from your home and everything. And I said, you know, sometimes mountains, they're so beautiful. But people look at mountains as the rough times in their life. But I always say, the higher the climb, the better the view. And that's the way I look at it. When I drive in the mountains, it's just beautiful, you know? I love your optimistic attitude. It it, it, it makes me so happy, Keith. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm such a positive person that when I get around optimism, I just get so excited about it. And I, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I tell people I heard one time, and I cannot agree any more than it is, negative people make positive people sick. And I, I, am, I am always trying to be positive. I look at everything from the, the positive side. No matter what it is, I try to say, what can I learn from this? And what am I learning from this? And so that's just the way I was raised. My grandfather was a minister. So, you know, that's sort of how I was raised, you know. Well, I can appreciate it. And it, it definitely makes me happy to be around positive positivity. Uh, right. So you obviously see a lot of folks coming in new to the industry. What are some, what are some great pieces of advice that you would offer up to them? Well, the, well I, when I used to train drivers, I used to pick them up at the driving school and I used to tell them first off the bat, you know, my, my uncle was a home builder. He built homes all over the place. And when I was about nine, I said, uh, Uncle Richard, how, how do you build a house? And he said, well, first, you look at the plans. Second, you inspect your tools, and then you make a schedule. And so I used to tell the drivers when I'd get them on my truck, I'd say, first, you look at the trip, the plan you're going to do. Then you inspect your tools. You inspect your truck. And then you make a schedule saying, okay, i got to drive 1,000 miles in two days. That means I need to drive 500 today and 500 tomorrow. And then you can plan where you're going to stop, where you're going to eat, takes all the stress out of it. So smart. Such great, great pearls of wisdom. And I'm going to keep saying that over and over again because it's my favorite thing to say. I don't know why. Um, I, thought it was, I thought it was only because I wear white pearls. But hey, you know, whatever. <laughs> I've got it stuck in my head. I just keep saying pearls of wisdom. So there it is. Keith's pearls of wisdom. Um, 
I love, I love that advice. They, uh, I know that you, you also share a lot of information on, on handy little gadgets that, um, and not even gadgets, but handy little tools to have in your toolbox so that you can use to, um, help with night vision for backing and things like that. What's, what's one of your favorite tools or gadgets that you've added to your collection? Probably the, the solar-powered uh, marker that you're talking about that lights up to put mm-hmm. at the end of a line when you're backing in at night. But right now I'm in the process of making a, uh, a, a flashlight that's mounted in a, a little block that will slide into the end of your bumper. So it's sort of like having backup lights back there to make it easier to back. Well, that's, that's another cool. thing I'm working on right now. And uh, But, uh, no, you know, just, when I see something, I say, well, why wouldn't that work out on the road? You know, I always say, whatever can make your job safer and easier, why not? You know, hey, I'm, I, I'm an older guy, but I probably have more apps on my phone than most of the drivers. <laughs> I have app, I have apps for uh, trucker weather. There's a, there's an app called Trucker Weather. It tells you that, what the weather's going to be like. You put in where you're going, and you'll see like what the weather's going to be like for the next five days. I, I have I have apps for every state to tell you the road conditions and you can look at, at every single one of the cameras that are showing the highways. Wow. It's just forearmed, you know, you're forewarned, yeah. you know, so you, you know, you know what you can plan. And that's why I've delivered over 3,200 uh, orders with Herschel. and never had a late load. That's and right. I, it's because I look at my load, I look at the weather, I look at all the conditions and I tell my driver manager, Katie, who is the best, uh, <laughs> I, I tell her, I say, look, this is what it's going to look like. This is what my ETA is going to be. So if you can reschedule, if not, if you need to repower or whatever. So that way we take care of the customer and we take care of the driver. You know? That's fantastic. And I think that's one thing that some folks that are new to the industry um, don't take into consideration that it's, especially if you're going to be like a lease operator or an owner operator, you, you're running a business and, you have to look at it as they're your customers as well. Uh, any uh, right. any other things that you would kind of point out to folks re- thinking about like that you need to run this as a business? Yeah, you need you need to look at everything as a business and every expense is a deduction from your taxes. I, I hear people talk about the cost of truck washes or whatever. Well, those are all tax deductions. You just need to you know keep your receipt, keep a spreadsheet. Make sure you put everything in it, and it, it it's not it's just the cost of running a business. You know that's that a lot of a lot of drivers don't get that. They still have the, the mindset of an employee when you need to have a mindset of a business owner. Absolutely, great advice. Now I know I don't ever want you to retire because you're fantastic. But eventually, down the road, that's going to happen. Do you have a, kind of a a legacy or things that you would want to have people remember you as when your days of trucking are done? Well, when I get through driving, I'd like for people just to remember that I treated everybody the way I want to be treated. And I don't care the receiver, the shipper, the dispatcher, the load planner, whatever. I treated everybody the way I want to be treated and I never lied to anybody. And I drove as safely as I possibly could. That's the way I'd want to be remembering the industry, you know. I like it. And, you know, we haven't talked, I didn't mention this yet. We didn't talk about it yet. But you are um, a member of the Driver Advisory Board. And uh, I I know we had Tracy Zimmerman on not long ago. And she kind of talked about 
um, you know, what that means as far as what the, the role is. Um, but I would like to get like some thoughts from you about um, your time so far with the driver advisory board and, and how you see that being a, a tool within the company. I think it's a good deal. I, I, I was really interested in politics when I was in college and <laughs> I sort of look at it the same way. I, uh, I see the driver advisory board as every person's mouthpiece, you know, and I, I wish that sort of wish that we could put a DAB or something on the side of the truck. That way drivers don't know who, who's on the board. They could walk up to you and they could voice a complaint or a suggestion and we could bring it up in there. But uh, I see us as a voice for every person out there that doesn't get through the yard, doesn't get a chance to talk to Brad or to anybody like that or Dan. That I listen to what they say. I read what they say. Sometimes I don't agree with it. Sometimes I try to point out the flaws in their argument. But I, I always understand that no matter what, what a person is saying is their reality, whether it's real or not. That is their reality. And you just have to sort of kindly and, you know, in a, in a right way, show them where they may be seeing it the wrong way. But I like to see myself as the voice of the other drivers. Is there any uh, particular thing that you're, that the DAB is working on right now that's kind of a, a project for the future that we can hope to see something new coming out of it? I, right now, I'm, a, I'm, I'm test driving uh, the uh, co-pilot. GPS that they're putting on the geotabs. I'm one of the I'm one of the one of the people testing it, Ooh. and I I I, uh, I don't know. I just got it started up like last night. But if if it's everything that it's supposed to be, it'll make the driver's job a lot easier because it's going to guide you right to the staging area or the front gate of where you're going to deliver a pickup. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that that I remember hearing about that back in. Uh is it was January now that we had the driver advisory board meeting and that sounded like a really, it sounded like it's going to be a very cool product to have. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll, I'll let you know the next time we talk because by then I'll probably have a week or so on it. And, uh, but I mean, a lot of drivers, I like I say, I'm old school driver, so I still carry a road map and an Atlas and, uh, but I do use a GPS. And the, the main reason I use the GPS is not to get me where I'm going. But when I get close to where I'm going, it helps me knowing how far it is till my next turn or something like that. So I don't have to wait till the last minute to find it, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's but uh, no, I, I think that's a pretty good deal. I like that. I can't wait to hear more about it and how it how it's working out with the testing. Are there is it um, multiple DAB members that are testing it right now? I think they offer it to everybody on the driver advisory board to test it. Okay. And I was one I was one of the first ones to volunteer because you know me, I love gadgets. <laughs> <laughs> I see nothing wrong with that. <laughs> if I can't find them on Amazon, I invent them. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a good quality. That is a very good quality. <laughs> when I was six years old, I took the toaster apart, you know, because <laughs> I wanted to see how it worked. When I was nine years old, I put it back together and we were able to have toast again. But hey, I did figure it out. Well, that's all right. It just it took three years, but you got it down, and that's the important part. <laughs> well, how many nine-year-old appliance repairmen do you know? You know? Uh, I I don't. My, my kiddo is ten, and I don't think I'll let him anywhere near my toaster. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I've always I've always you know how people see something and say, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. I see something and say, "How does that work?" That's the way I've always been, you know. So that just that's why I have so many gadgets. 
There is nothing wrong with that. I, you, you know, know that, you know what I, you know what I started carrying recently. Oh boy, uh, an infrared thermometer. All you right. know, like I use to check your temperature. Yeah. But you know what I use it for? Every time I stop, I check the temperature of my tires and shocks and see if they're overheating. Hey. That's great. And I bet you Brad and Nick Forte will be extremely happy to hear it. <laughs> yeah, and I also use it to check the temperature of every load when they load it so I'll know if you know if it has a temperature problem. Well it got went on the truck that way. Wow. You know? Wow. So it's a cheap thing. I mean it was like forty bucks, but Oh, that's not bad. It may, no, it may save us a hundred thousand dollars on a load of meat someday, you know? Heck yeah. You should uh, you should send that link my way so that I can uh, include that with the with the little post on the website with the podcast. And if anybody here is hearing uh, wants to know, then we can share that link with them as well on, on where you got those. Yeah, and you know I'll I'll probably send you a link that has my top five apps that I use every time when I pre-plan my trips. That'd it shows me where the where the closest truck stops are mm-hmm. and you know, everything like that. So that is the number one reason I believe most drivers have late loads because they don't pre-plan their trips. They don't sit down and pre-plan and know, hey, it's averaging at 60 miles an hour. This is how long it's going to take me to get there. Add an hour if you have to go through a city like Chicago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it is amazing because I can tell Katie normally within 15 minutes my ETA and she just gets – she gets so shocked and amazed at it. Well, now she's used to it, but she used to say, how do you do that? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I've been driving a long time for one thing, but it's a formula that works pretty well. I think it is amazing to have somebody with your experience and your knowledge and that you're so willing to share with folks about that. I know, uh, you know, people post all the time and you comment and you give them uh, you know, your advice or your thoughts on it. And I think it's fantastic that you're so willing to share information with everyone. Well, somebody had to have shared it with me or, or I figured it out, which means I was inspired some way, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like when I used to drive, uh, train drivers, uh, you know, I used to tell them, hey, take your time, get out and look back up and you don't get any extra money if you get it in there the first time. So you get to pay the same way if you get out five times. So don't worry about it, <laughs> you know, but... That's the way I, you know, I try to train people to be safe. And, you know, I try to help people make their job as easy as possible, you know. So now I want to know what you do in your downtime when you're not driving. Are you are you playing with gadgets and taking toasters apart? Or what else do you like to do in your spare time? Well, I own a houseboat. So I can walk on my front porch and fish anytime I want oh, to. Nice. And, uh, but I do, me and my son buy cars and trucks and boats and stuff and rebuild them and flip them. I think we did 29 cars last year. Wow. But uh, it's sometimes I bought a car one day and I didn't even make it home with it before I sold it for what doubled what I paid for it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> still, I, I still had the for sale sign on it on the trailer and the guy says, how much you want for it? I just threw a number out there and he said, okay, can you deliver it to my house? And I'm like, well, that one didn't even make it to home with me, you know? <laughs> What's your favorite rebuild, Ben? I tell you what, I love Chevrolets. But Mm -hmm. anyway, the last car I rebuilt was a uh, 318 BMW convertible. Oh wow! And and it was silver blue cowboy. That was cowboy colors. That ought to make you mad. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) we'll let that one. That was 
that was uh, that was one of my favorite cars. I, I didn't even want to sell it, but hey, where I have my boat, they only allow me to have two cars. <laughs> That's great. Do you have any other things that you would like to share with us today? Well, it's something I used to say every time when I was training and every time I used to sign off with my drivers, I used to always tell them, never be another man's hazard. When you, when you park, park in the middle of the parking place. So you're giving each guy on the each side of you plenty of room and don't park on the end. Just don't be another person's hazard when you're driving or whatever. Don't be a hazard to the people around you. If you do that, it makes it safer for everybody. I love it. I think I need to make myself a, I think that needs to be a uh, Monday motivation post that we do on our Facebook page. <laughs> Keith Allison. <laughs> I used to have my quote of the day and uh, I started getting a headache from trying to figure out a new one every day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you have a handful of them, you just share them my way and we'll be happy to make them into Monday motivation quotes. Yeah, Donna used to put them in a notebook. She said, someday you're going to want to remember these. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said, okay. Absolutely. Well, you know, it has been a pleasure and I appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk with us today. And I hope that you will continue to come back and be a recurring guest and share some of your latest gadgets and apps and things that some great safety tips, because you've got some fantastic ones in your arsenal. Yeah, no problem. I really enjoy talking to you. And But now you understand why they call me the grumpy old man, right? Oh, yeah. Super grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Thanks for listening to the What's Your Drive podcast. We'd sure appreciate it if you subscribe or shared the podcast with a friend. Leave us a review. And if you'd like to see more, stop by our website at whatsyourdrive-podcast.com. While you're there, leave us some feedback on the show and share your future topic ideas. Roll safe, everyone. <laughs>